these. So these are where the questions come from. This yeah. is where it stems from. This is what makes it fun. I mean, it's worth it to not get caught for murder. Welcome back to Creepy Campfire, your source for all things strange, the unexplainable, the infamous, and the mysterious. Here are your hosts, Jordan and Ryan. Hey, Jordan, how's it going? Doing well. How are you, Ryan? I'm tired, but good. Coffee's not kicking in. It's not doing it? It doesn't usually, though. Yeah. It just, it tastes good. Did you, you didn't drink a lot of coffee back in Kentucky, though, did you? Yeah. I, yeah, I did. You started, like, pretty much when you start working. I feel like, I feel like as soon as you start working, <laughs> you get into the, the working stiff mode, and you're like, I need coffee first thing in the morning. No, I was a teenager, and I had to babysit my little cousins, like, baby cousins, so you were working. So I, I black coffeeed it because that was all that was in the house. And then from then on. You started off. Well, maybe that's why you started off so strong. Mm-hmm. I can say, well, this uh, Dutch Bros is not. It's not There's extra to shots and things like that. But none of that really, really does anything for me. And it doesn't do nearly as much as the sugar does nowadays. Mm, true. <laughs> Get that rush. We are taking adventures in, in facial hair at the moment. It's get it's getting longer, mm. man. Yours, you went clean face. Yeah, you're starting to grow it back a little bit. I noticed. This is this is this is no shaving. Uh, f- four days. That's five, four days. Four or five days. Yeah, that would take me a couple weeks. Well, what I hate <laughs> is that I that I while I had like the actual beard, I would always shave under here to mm-hmm. try to keep the neck beard from growing ever longer mm-hmm. as it wants to, and now it grows back so much quicker than everything else. So it's like already getting longer down here on my neck than it is on my actual face. Mm. <laughs> Take it over. If you guys haven't seen either our Instagram, Creepy Campfire Podcast, or the website, creepycampfirepodcast.weebly.com. We got some cool pictures up. Jordan has a very, well, had a very thick, full, envious beard. and It was too much. And it he, he wiped it all away uh, a couple days ago. Those masks make a huge difference when you don't have a beard to keep them off your face. Mm-hmm. When you shave it off right when it's getting cold. Yeah, like an idiot. And I'm trying to grow something. And I can't have a beard because of work. Because I have to wear a respirator. The most I can do is a goatee. I'm not doing a goatee because I'm 27 and not an old man. <laughs> no disrespect to goatee people. Not feeling it? Not, it's just not. It doesn't fit my face well. But I'm basically doing it just without the connector from the chin to the mustache. I'm going for kind of like, like the, the, the Will Turner from Pirates of the Caribbean. I was gonna say it's mm-hmm. looking a little bit like, not Desperado, but mm. but around the kind of mm-hmm. <laughs> swashbucklers, just as good, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Or like, <laughs> what was the guy from, um, uh, oh God, Rogue, Rogue One? Didn't he have that kind of? Just the chin and the mustache. Yeah, the main guy. I can't remember his name though. Yeah, but uh, that's that's yeah. I'm trying the the middle of the mustache. I'm. How long you been letting that go? Not long. Well, the election on um, voting day, it was like my like every three days shave day. Yeah, it was election day, and I'm like, you know what? I'm not gonna say who I voted for, but I'm like, I'm gonna leave the mustache and see if it's lucky. <laughs> <laughs> And it was lucky. And I, I, so I left it, <laughs> and um, then the next time the shave rolled around, I was like, and my wife was like, you look, I don't hate the mustache as much. And I was like, <laughs> is it because I have other, because I had like stubble, and I was like, is this because there's other things around it, not just a mustache? And she was like, yeah. 
you can't just have just the stash like my, I my friend matt's doing that right now and i'm sorry matt but dude you're you're looking creeping <laughs> you're looking like a creeper so i was like i don't want the goatee so i was like i'll just leave the chin and see if that helps so that's where we're at we'll see how long it lasts yeah christmas photos are around the corner so we'll see if it makes if it makes it to the christmas photos it'll probably be here for a minute yeah we'll see what happens let it go yeah that's looking good so far thank you it's like, feel, said, like it's like you've got a good shape going i'm just trying to get the middle of the which is better than the last time i tried to stash so i'm just letting it do its thing yeah i just got like i got like a reverse to, reverse hitler mustache <laughs> the, <laughs> Where, the, the middle's gone bald in the middle there yep. yeah yeah well, i mean out of the two i would suppose that's the way to be <laughs> you, you know if you're going to pick one yeah yeah okay so adventurers today we are doing urban legends from wisconsin wisconsin and that will be the title with an a wisconsin sorry wisconsinites we love or at least i love t-pain too much to to miss on that opportunity oh yeah but gotta get a bag of tortillas (laughs) (laughs) oh man you mean the flatbreads the the flatbreads (laughs) goodness some jalapenos jalapenos um Jordan, you, we this kind of, normally we do it by listener base, um, Wisconsin, not that you're slacking, but we just, Jordan found some stories when he was uh, researching crop circles that were too good to pass up. Yeah, it was, like I said, so, yeah, there was a couple of ones, they were mostly uh, alien, UFO related um, stories, because having to do with the crop circles, that was, majority that was alien based. Um but I couldn't find as much as the ones that we're going to talk about allude to they all almost all of these sites reference that the in one way or the one way or another that aliens are Green Bay Packers fans. <laughs> um, that's pretty much all they say is that they they check in on the Packers to see how they're doing. <laughs> I mean, it makes they're green. The aliens are green. Yeah, it just it feels natural. They feel at one with with the team. No one really knows what a Packer is. I know. I wish they would just t- turn the mascot into like an alien or something. It'd <laughs> be great. Just lean into it really hard. Um, but the the one that I think kind of stole the show for that was uh, was was our guy that got served pancakes mm-hmm. from uh, from aliens. That is right. <laughs> well, why don't you you start us off with that one, and then we'll we'll progress from there. Sounds good. So um, one of the most peculiar encounters with a UFO involves aliens serving breakfast in Eagle River, Wisconsin. Oh, I guess this was on Eagle, Eagle River. A lot of this is going to take place in Dundee, but this one's Eagle River. In Dundee? Dundee, Wisconsin. <laughs> That's Dundee, not a knife. <laughs> Dundee, Wisconsin. <laughs> you got you to get both, both emphasis on there. Uh, so a well, little ways back. Um, so 11 a.m. on April 18th of 1961... Joe Simonton was sitting in his rural Eagle River home enjoying a late breakfast when he heard a commotion outside. When he investigated, he witnessed a flying saucer brighter than chrome hovering above his house. The craft eventually landed in his backyard. The saucer opened up, and sitting inside were three mute aliens which Joe described as Italian-looking. Hmm. I think their stashes were just a little bit more... (laughs) More grown in than yours. They, they were putting me to shame. <laughs> Maybe they were just matted down a little bit. Um, <laughs> so uh, he was given a large container from these Italian aliens um, and somehow discerned that these strange creatures wanted water. I guess they were thirsty. 
When he returned with the liquid, one of the aliens was cooking pancakes on a flameless cooking appliance. Hmm. The creature gave Joe the pancakes, saluted him, and flew away south. And off into legend. How do we know it was pancakes? It could have been literal anything. Because if you're wondering, Joe tried one of the pancakes. You don't eat an alien pancake. Which he said tasted like cardboard. If they were standing there watching you like, I want to know what you think of this, then, okay, maybe you take a nibble. He's sitting there twisting his mustache, (laughs) being like, that's my grandma's recipe, okay? (laughs) But if they've already left, what are you doing? You're literally eating evidence. I don't know. This is a picture of him holding what they gave him. (laughs) And it looks like cardboard. Yeah, like it could be like they tried to make tortilla and burned it. Like it could be (laughs) anything. You wanted a flatbread? (laughs) It's a pancake. It's a little sweet. But he tried it and ate evidence. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So he tried it and then he gave the other two cakes uh, to a Villas County ufologist. And he, <laughs> I'm assuming that they proceeded to throw those away. Nothing ever came of it. Uh, <laughs> uh, but shortly uh, following the incident, several more sightings were uh, occurred. And the um, the entire thing is covered in a book called The W Files that was published in 97, 1997. This comes from Cult of Weird. Okay. Which is the majority of our... Sources tonight, Cult of Weird, and then we got a, a ranker list for you. Yeah, they got a lot of stuff on Wisconsin, man. But um, well, it's a, it's an interesting part of the country. I mean, it's super far north. You yeah. know, we're we're close to Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, weird things seem to happen where it's foresty and cold. Yeah. Um, and it's not far a from more desolate. The areas. Great Lakes. Mm-hmm. Like it's not just a hop skip, but like it's not super far. A couple more areas that are a little bit less. Uh, industrialized i would say Mm -hmm. it's a little bit more room to roam right all right jordan well first off okay let's talk about the craft yeah so brighter than chrome brighter than chrome which makes me think of like um almost like light bending tech yeah because you know how they there's proposals for light bending stuff where and it almost looks metallic if you catch it in the right light Mm -hmm. at least Proposedly, I do think the military's working on something like that, but almost like that you would catch a reflection, but you wouldn't be able to tell where it's coming from because it's like mm-hmm. it's like that glint that you just it's mm-hmm. it's like seeing that sniper scope off in the distance, and but you can't tell where it's coming from. I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't know. So that could be why it looked that way. Mm-hmm. It comes down. Did he say what the craft looked like other than the brighter than chrome? Mm-mm. He didn't say if it was like a Fiat, since these were. <laughs> 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 was it branded that? No. No, I don't think Chrysler owned it. Uh, oh, my God. Uh, no, Fiat brought Chrysler. My bad. Um, but <laughs> I just thought it was so... F- I think the descriptor that they were Italian-looking aliens. I want to know... What does that Because he didn't expound okay. on that at all. I mean, I've heard of people saying, uh, like, the Norse aliens. Like, that, that there's, um, um, like people that look like they're from the norwegian area mm-hmm. with long blonde hair very tall blue eyes yeah as aliens um yeah but i mean do you think that as as maybe italian aliens go that they're still using pomade or what <laughs> or what are, jordan what are, i want i want to know first of all what his criteria is for italian for looking italian looking because i have to assume it has something to do with either facial hair or regular hair that's that's yeah <laughs> I mean, I don't, what else do you have to go off of? I often look at someone and I'm like, 
you know what? You look pretty French. Like, You're, what does that even mean? Exactly. <laughs> what does that mean? Exactly. Oh. <laughs> Our European you listeners like are probably screaming grapes. because they do know the difference. But in America, we're just this big melting pot. So we yeah. don't. <laughs> we're a bunch of mutts. <laughs> I mean, I'm technically a, a good percentage Italian. I don't, Who knows? I don't know. Okay. I wouldn't think that I look like an alien, though. I still can't get over the fact that he ate it. Yeah. Little, and it looked burnt too. It looked oh, like it burnt, looked crisp, crisp. crisplet. And he didn't comment on the flavor. No, he, well, he just said it tasted like cardboard. Which, I mean, doesn't surprise me. I would assume they're probably past uh, what if it prioritizing flavor over maybe sustenance. But it, it might not have even been meant to be eaten. Maybe not. No. What if he gave him like something that was supposed to unlock the key to the <laughs> the or universe? Like, Plant this. How? And you'll get trees that give you fruit <laughs> that heal people. Like. And this is not just Wisconsin, but an American would take the first thing that looks like a freaking pancake from an alien and just shove it in his mouth and eat it. I oh. swear to God. <laughs> oh. Like I said, if they were standing there and you were getting the eyes, I yeah. get it. But they left. They Yeah, they, they flew off. They were like, here is your breakfast. Uh on the house this this time <laughs> appreciate you but next time we're floating above you we we i mean you, you got to pay the tip. you got to pay <laughs> at least a tip 18% <laughs> at least a tip oh, oh man you got to make a reservation next time <laughs> oh. all right <laughs> we'll leave this gentleman alone okay <laughs> and we'll go to uh, another um. one from dundee the small town ufo capital of the world they claim yeah, I know that there's a couple of ones that claim to be like the UFO capital, but there's a cup. There are specific, there's like four or five different counties and or areas at least cities in Wisconsin. I'm sorry, that claim. Dundee, you and um, Roswell got to throw the gloves on. Yeah, we got to duke it out and see because I think Roswell might have you, but we'll see. Yeah, I mean, if we can break into Area 51 and find out. All right, the article 51, 52, 51, 51. Yeah, 52 is where they keep Bigfoot. I see. Yeah. All right. A hidden UFO base, an annual festival of tinfoil hat enthusiasts, that's a little harsh, and an extraterrestrial visitor who drops by from a distant star system to catch Green Bay Packer games. Residents of this small Wisconsin town have been experiencing strange things for decades, the least of which is the alien activity. Mm -hmm. According to data from the National UFO Reporting Center, Wisconsin ranks 23rd for UFO sightings in the United States. 23rd? Not first. It ain't first, so you can't say you're the capital. (laughs) Yeah, you're... You got 22 people ahead of you, and you say you're the... We got them the most, though. It might be the quality, though. Maybe it's the quality. You know, maybe they're like... There's more of these pancakes being made and not just flybys. An unknown object witnessed in rural Barron, Wisconsin, in 1934 inspired, inspired. In 1934, inspired Coral Lorenzen to pioneer UFO research. And there are three individual UFO festivals held around the state every year in locations known to have unusually high number of UFO sightings. Of those three places, one area in particular is, haps, is perhaps the most peculiar. I can't read today. No, it's okay. On the evening of July 17, 2004, a crowd was gathered at the tavern on the shore of Long Lake in Dundee, Wisconsin, for the annual UFO Days Festival hosted by local UFO researcher Bill Benson. Jeez, that sentence was a mouthful. Yeah, that was a run-on. 
UFO enthusiasts have been gathering here by the hundreds to share their experiences in hoping to spot something strange in the sky since 1988, but this particular night would be different. When the hot and humid summer day gave way to night, many of the day's visitors remained to see if anything unusual would show up in the night sky. It was near midnight when exciting murmuring from the crowd turned all eyes to the sky. Something was coming. What I, quote, what I remember first about the experience was the bluish-green light. Attendee Noah Voss wrote in his book, UFO Wisconsin. From the absentee stars, I observe what seems to be perhaps a triangle shape, end quote. The object passed low and silent over the crowd with a Y-shaped pattern of lights and disappeared over the tree line. Whatever it was, the crowd at UFO Days witnessed that night, it was not an isolated incident. Mysterious orbs of flashing lights and strange objects in the sky are not uncommon in the area and have turned more than a few skeptics into believers. There's a long history of unexplained sightings over Long Lake and nearby Dundee Mountain, and Bill Benson is eager to share it with anyone who asks. Okay, I feel like we got to check out this uh, this little snippet that they have with it. Oh my god, it's seven minutes. That second one shows up, and then is there a third? Mm-hmm. And it makes like a triangular shape. It's interesting. It seemed like the first one was pretty still for most of that. It was, well, it was moving, but slowly. Yeah. And then there was a couple other that showed up and they did a little show. I, hmm. So that was in 2004. Yeah. Which was kind of, like, I'm sure there were personal drones, but it was before there was a big craze of drones because that didn't really hit to like, like 2015. Yeah. Yeah, it was past um, 2010 for sure. But I mean, I, mm, if I knew there was a bunch of people gathering for a UFO event, 15 year old Ryan, not 28 or 27 year old Ryan would definitely want to play a prank for sure. You know, and if I, like I said, this was before drones got real big and they really complicate things now, but it's just, I don't want to say it's convenient that something happened during a UFO festival. It is a little bit, but it just makes me think there's more likely to be someone trying to hoax these people that are genuinely just trying to see something cool. Yeah. But it, then it's like, okay, what did they use to hoax it? That I can't explain. Yeah, because that was... That did not look like anything that I had... Uh... There. Were, so if you haven't seen uh, the video, they're all orbs that you're seeing. Yeah. It's just circles of light. Yeah, at first I was like, dude, that's just the North Star. That's just a bright star. <laughs> but then... But they are moving, and it seems like yeah. it's kind of coordinated. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't seem like it would be a plane formation or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. It is strange, and it's kind of cool. So, I would definitely say check it out. Yeah, it's cool that it happened. I mean, it is cool that it happened. It just so happened to be during a mm-hmm. UFO um, convention, too. So... Um, also, this is also coming from Cult of Weird, and uh, so a more recent one, 2019, January of last year. So, uh, filmmaker, filmmaker Mark Borchart, subject of the 1999 documentary American Movie, about his struggle to produce an independent horror film with friends and family, returns with his first short film in over 20 years, The Dundee Project, which is a 19-minute documentary that examines the unique characters who populate a local UFO hotspot in Dundee, Wisconsin. Um, Strange things have been happening around the small town of Dundee for a long time, as we've said. Uh, Located in the heart of Kettle Moraine State Forest, the area draws hundreds of thousands annually for its bountiful hiking, fishing, and camping. 
But for decades, visitors and residents alike have been baffled and sometimes even frightened by oddly shaped objects in the sky over Long Lake, lights in the watery depths beneath, and numerous other unexplained phenomena like lake monsters and wolfmen. We just keep finding more on Wisconsin that we mm-hmm. need to... Uh, we got wolfmen and lake monsters now? Although, the, there's, yeah, there's a lot of weird wolfmen yeah, oh, there. Well, apparently there's a lot of them all over the country. Um, so in 1988, following a particularly bizarre incident in which reeds were found flattened and woven uh, into a circular formation thick enough to walk on without falling through into the water. Oh, wow, this one's over water. Interesting. Tavern owner Bill Benson and the late Robert uh, UFO Bob Kuhn decided to host a gathering where everyone could share their experiences. Decades later, UFO Days is still held every year on the third Saturday in July. Believers and skeptics alike gather at Benson's Hideaway, the UFO headquarters, quote-unquote, to enjoy a cup of spiked green punch and wear artfully crafted tinfoil hats. Okay, so the tinfoil hat thing wasn't just a dig. It's like a kitschy (laughs) lay. It's just something that they do. As long as it's something that people do for fun, then cool. Just Mm -hmm. don't make fun of people and also assume that they're Italian. (laughs) (laughs) Don't make that. Don't make that assumption. You're going to offend somebody. Um, so the Dundee Project opens with uh, Borchardt's drive north into the hinterlands, uh, passing right behind the Colt of Weird Hive along the way, as he recalls in voiceover about learning of the festival on, on the sad, infinite wastelands of cable television. Uh, he first attended UFO Days, which is what we were just talking we about the last ta- one, yeah. UFO mm-hmm. Days. Um, in 2001, after discovering it was within driving distance of his hometown of Milwaukee, I consulted the charts and realized that it was practically in my own backyard, he says. He brought his camera along and filmed a series of interviews with the festival's curious participants as he returned year after year to what he calls a lakeside haven for the thirsty and the curious. Don't If you're thirsty, you sh- just don't call people thirsty. Don't call them. <laughs> yeah, you know. It's got different different connotations nowadays. <laughs> So he speaks to several several attendees who have personally witnessed extraterrestrial activity. Extraterrestrial, I shortened that word a lot. <laughs> a lot less consonants in that than that. Uh, but the primary reason to watch are his conversations with UFO, UFO Bob. Bob was a radio personality who used his show to transmit messages to extraterrestrials. I'm just going to say aliens. <laughs> I quit stumbling over that one. The same ones, apparently, who tune in to Green Bay Packers games. Okay. <laughs> Go Packers. Don't miss kickoff. <laughs> Bob is even in direct communication with a female alien named Evita. Oh, no. Whom he refers to at one point during the film as his girlfriend. Of course he did. No. UFO Bob and Evita. No. Cutest couple in Wisconsin. Here's the thing. Uh, okay, let's say you got a, you actually got an alien girlfriend. All right. Just don't, don't say it. Don't, don't say it. Because as soon as you do, everyone's like, oh, now you're crazy. We have to remember she's also Italian. <laughs> coming from that area. Coming from that area. Because <laughs> I'm like, you know what? Like, okay, off, if, if, if encounters happen, who knows? You know, you might get an alien girlfriend. You know? But no one believes in the aliens to start with. And when you say you got an alien girlfriend, it's like, oh, yeah, that girlfriend I got in Canada. You're like, sure you do, Bob. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. When was the last time she's been down here? Yeah, you guys fraternizing? Mm -hmm. How's that going for you? Mm. I'm glad you're making the long distance work. (laughs) (laughs) Cheers to you. I mean, I guess... She comes down every Sunday for the Packers, okay? 
<laughs> Long distance relationships aren't as hard for aliens. Okay, they're past the past the social. What's the light social speed? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's a couple light years? Uh, well, of course, Mark doesn't seem to buy that. <laughs> Prodding Bob with questions that challenge his claims. Uh, um, so both in deleted scenes, thankfully included in both DVD and digital download formats, with Mark's frustrations over Bob's unshakable beliefs. Uh, this is particularly evident when Bob informs Mark that aliens tampered with a photo of a UFO over Benson's that Mark feels is obviously digitally manipulated. Mm. And then it gives a little, shows a little uh, clip of them all hanging out for UFO days. Okay. Well, um, that one seemed to unravel a little. Yeah. But, um... Yeah. Uh, yeah, j- the gist of that being that um, UFO Bob has a... Mm-hmm. Uh, an Italian UFO girlfriend. That's that, that's that, about the gist. That's, that's the string to pull. Yeah, she's she's real tight with her family. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I wonder. What, I just want to know what an alien cannoli is like. <laughs> How sweet! How sweet! Oh, uh, they're not saucers. They're <laughs> spinning pizzas. Spinning chrome pizzas. I love it. All right. Well, that's some fun UFO bits in Wisconsin. <laughs> but you're just going to get an extra long Urban Legends episode. These tend to be our most popular ones. So we can't do this and leave out the usual quick fire list um, of or, of local legends. Oh, yeah, because there's way more than just aliens going on there. Oh, yeah. I mean, you got the Beast of Bray Road there, mm-hmm. which we touched on a little bit, I think, way back when we did Werewolves. Yeah, we at least mentioned it in so passing. I need to... I would like to get a full full episode on just that. Yeah. So, let's bring up our list from Ranker, 12 Horrifying Tales and Legends. The Rhinelander Hodag. According to Wisconsin lore, the Rhinelander hodag is a creature found in the northern area of the state, usually around the city of Rhinelander. Duh. The (laughs) hodag has a long tail with spears on it, a frog's head with an elephant's face, sharp claws, short stumpy legs, and the back of a dinosaur. There's a lot of dinosaurs. What back are we talking? Its (laughs) diet allegedly consists of white bulldogs. That's so specific. The hodag is reported to be extinct because there's not any white bulldogs anywhere. As, <laughs> as the last one was captured and dynamited to death in the 1890s. They have a picture right here of a of a potential hodag, and it looks like a... That looks like the most Photoshop thing I've ever seen is what it looks like. Yeah, I mean, and is that the one that they TN, or, you know, dynamited to death? And, and why is the guy right there? If, if I think the thing attacks bulldogs, not people. They got a guy on the ground underneath it. I mean, maybe he's already dead. No, this is the. Stuff. Maybe he was just walking his bulldog. No, it's just the fakest <laughs> thing. It's the fakest thing. I feel like you can. S- but let's break. Let's break down the body parts here. Yeah, I see horns. frog's head and an elephant's face. Okay, what does that mean? <laughs> Are we just saying like the shape of a frog's head? Because that's the shape of a lot of heads. Yeah. I know people that have the shape of a frog's head. I mean, they're kind of like, I feel like they're kind of Squatty. like upside down triangular because they have like the eyes white out here and then they kind of like a little dip but, in yeah. a little bit. But then are we talking bullfrog? Are we talking tree frog? It definitely depends on the kind of frog we're talking. Yeah. And then you got elephant's face. So just the face or not, and not the nose. And or I don't see the, the yeah, I don't see the snout. 
What do you? There's no. There's no trunk. So, uh, mm. at least not visible here. I mean, I guess we have to. We have to look up a hodag. It's yeah. I have heard of the hodag, but hmm, hmm. Jordan, tell us about the Highway 12 hitchhiker. Photoshop, yes, photoshopping of all photoshops. <laughs> so, okay, we'll come back to that. So we got the Highway 12 hitchhiker. A phantom hitchhiker haunts a section of Highway 12 in the appropriately named Baraboo, Wisconsin. That's appropriately... That sounds like <laughs> a town named. in, like, Australia. Baraboo? Bar- well, Baraboo. Baraboo Dundee. Dundee. Yeah. Well, uh, all right. Okay. All right. Maybe Wisconsin's just cold Australia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, so, he looks to be from the 1960s, complete with faded jeans and a green army jacket. I love when people try to date stuff. <laughs> His hair is dark and long, and he has a beard. People have reported seeing him trying to hitch a ride, and then after they pass him by a mile down the road, he reappears. Oh. When people actually stop to give him a ride, he vanished into thin air before reaching their vehicles. Little else is known about this mysterious spirit. 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 <laughs> but he he appears to be uh, male- not malevolent. Like, he's a kind spirit, okay? <laughs> he's a Casper. George tripping. George tripping over his mouth. It's so bad. It's, you're, you're, you're used to the beard, keeping everything nice and warm. So cold. Your lips are freezing. <laughs> That's what's happening. I like that, though, because it's not the usual hitchhiker story. Yeah. I like that he just keeps popping up like, how about now? How about now? How about now? <laughs> still here. Nope. Didn't forget. You could still help a guy out. Help me out here. It's even shorter now. You've got no excuse. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going the same way, obviously. <laughs> All right. right. So Next we the, have the Antigo alien encounter. I feel like half of these are still probably going to be alien. I'm fine with that. Strange lights were seen in the sky several days prior to November 17th, 1974. The date of the Antigo, Wisconsin alien encounter. A woman, Mrs. H, as she is dubbed, was working in a local bar when an unusually short man appeared. She described him as bouncing on his way in. He had some pep in his stay Yeah, apparently. And mentioned his burlap jacket and creepy white teeth. She believed that he was an alien because of his odd behavior and the way he insisted the lights she and others had seen in the sky were caused by a meteor. After asserting this several times, he walked out of the bar and vanished into the night. As like, many a creepy man does. I'm just here to tell you. What you guys saw, it's not what you thought. It's a meteor. It's not aliens. It's totally not aliens, okay? Look, I drove past it, okay? It's a meteor. <laughs> I promise. Hmm. But there's not a lot other than him just, like, trying to insist that this thing was a meteor. He could have just been a creepy dude. Creepy guy? So creepy dude's on the table. Maybe he was just popping in, looking for some fun. That's why he's bouncing. Thought he was. It's the seventies. He thought it was a disco bar. I like that the thing that she thinks, like the one indicator that she has that he's creepy, is his white teeth. I'm like, would you? If they were big white teeth, I get it. Yeah, but I mean that's all she specifies. I'm like, are they not yellow like everybody else's <laughs> in town, or what? What's going on? <laughs> what is your? How Look, does that make you stand out? I'm sure the people in Antigo have pristine. I just. <laughs> dental hygiene i'm sure the fluoride is in the water i just want to (laughs) know i just want to know it don't make no sense all right right, we got the siren bridge uh which is close to siren wisconsin and home to a creepy family of ghosts that's unusual i usually see 
The whole clan. Multiple in one, yeah. As the story goes, a family was driving home one day when they crashed, went through the guardrail, and died before help could arrive. Bleak. People traveling over the bridge, located on County Highway B, still hear them screaming for help. Mm. Even creepier, sometimes people hear a child's voice crying out for her mommy over the radio of vehicles crossing the bridge. That is creepy. I hate slash love that, because I've never seen that before, over the radio. Yeah. That's like white noise working it into your Mm. electronics at the same time Mm -hmm. as... Okay. All right. I don't like it, but I like it. Lake Winnebago Water Monster. Here we go. High Cliff State Park is home to Lake Winnebago, a popular destination for people who enjoy fishing and other outdoor activities. It's also home to the Lake Winnebago Water Monster, a gigantic fish that apparently swallows moose whole. The legend has its roots in the formerly nearby Winnebago tribe, which had a village in the shores of the lake. Supposedly, the water monster washed to shore at one point, and an entire deer, antlers and all, was found in its belly. The lake is allegedly still home to the water monster's children, equally large fish that might swallow a person one of these days. You couldn't you couldn't keep the body that you actually found for a little <laughs> bit extra um, scientific exploration. You just wanted to see that it could swallow. Well, a I want deer more description on this water monster because there's no description to it. Yeah, and I'm like, is this is this a giant catfish? Because uh, they they get that big, they don't usually rush the shore, but. Well, yeah, and I don't, I mean, it would take a hell of a sea creature to eat a freaking moose. Those things are mean. Well, this one says deer. Well, so it said, it said moose initially. It said it could swallow moose whole. Oh, and then true. the thing, true. which I think is funny because that's not what they found inside of it. Why not Was just it? say that it could eat a deer whole? <laughs> Look. It, ha- it just needed its snack, so it went for the deer. It was trying to go light that day because it was going to have a big dinner of deer, Jordan. The parent, <laughs> the one that they found, apparently, could only do the deer. But these kids, these offspring, they got some strong genes. They're taking down They're young. moose. They're eating like eating the, the amount of house and home. I have to say, though, if that is if that area, if that picture is like real because it looks like it's just really foggy but like on an embankment with like a surrounding kind of gate mm-hmm. that looks awesome if that's does. a place to fish okay cool so we'll have to look back at that one too because they don't know they do not specify a whole lot in that so we have the ghost of paul malin and bodega brew pub uh lacrosse wisconsin is home to a 100 year old bar called the bodega brew brew pub i'm gonna say club uh, the building has seen its fair share of drama over the century or so it has been in business. A previous owner, Paul Malin, supposedly committed suicide at the bar in 1901. Mm. His spirit has haunted the place ever since. Patrons report seeing a spectral, his spectral body floating around, have felt random taps on their shoulders with no one there when they turned around, and heard plenty of spooky noises. One employee claimed she heard the sound of women's heels on, wooden fl- on the wooden floors, and multiple voices, but only when the bar was closed and she was by herself. Hmm. I've heard a lot of good, scary bar and restaurant stories. Yeah? Of, like, ghost appearances, yeah. And bars and restaurants, like, during closing hours. Shoot me over a couple. I'll do a a little mini uh, foodie episode. (laughs) Yeah. But for now, we'll talk about the bloody headstone at Riverside Cemetery. 
Most cemeteries are creepy on their own, but this one, Riverside Cemetery in Appleton, Wisconsin, has a tombstone that bleeds. The grave belongs to the appropriately named Kate Blood, a noted adulteress, witch, child killer, that's some strong claims, from the 19th century. She was reportedly killed by her husband, but rather than haunt him, her ghost stayed at the cemetery. Visitors to the cemetery claim the area around her grave is suspiciously warm, and they have reported seeing dark-robed ghosts flitting around. What is flitting? Kind of like floating, just kind of like... I've heard of fleeting? You see them flitting. It's just a fun word for like, mm-hmm. they're around. They're, yeah. <laughs> they're, you can see them. Mm-hmm. Perhaps most unsettling, on the night of a full moon, a reddish liquid can be seen seeping from the stone. That's super weird. I was going to be like, hey, well, I mean, anybody who's, you know, doesn't have a nice place to stay, a nice place to stay that night, you can cuddle up, cuddle up next to a gravestone, I guess. <laughs> but it's going to bleed on you. <laughs> so, adulterous witch and child killer. That's that is quite the laundry uh, rest. Yeah. yeah. But a bleeding headstone. It sounds like Paranorman a little bit. That's a good one. Um... Kate Blood. All right. So we have the Jogging Woman on Vine Street. Euclare, Wisconsin, is home to uh, is to a small dead end reportedly haunted by the ghost of a jogging woman. She appears in the road, darts out between parked cars, and then vanishes without a trace. When drivers check their rearview mirrors or exit their cars to see if the woman is okay, she disappears. Her ghost haunts the road even in cold weather, and she is supposedly the spirit of a local woman hit by a drunk driver while jogging. Well, well, then why does she keep running out into the cars? Stop being a dick. (laughs) You're going to make more people die. Yeah. That is not cool. Jeez. Uh, I guess getting her vengeance? I don't know. You're all going to die by a car. (laughs) I'm lonely. I need more friends. I need more joggers. (laughs) I know they don't want to jog in a pack. Oh, God. Oh. In Eau Claire. Wisconsin, okay. The Ooh, name Boy Scout of, Lane. Yeah, the name doesn't inspire confidence. No. <laughs> Boy Scout Lane. Sometime in the 1950s, or possibly the 60s, as the rumor goes, an entire troop of Boy Scouts were killed on the aptly named Boy Scout Lane. Who killed them? It was either their bus driver or their troop leader. Either way, this road in rural Stevens Point, Wisconsin, was left haunted. People who have investigated the hauntings or wandered the area purely out of curiosity have reported seeing phantom lantern lights and feeling like they were being watched by unseen eyes they also were asked can i help you cross the road yeah (laughs) (laughs) i'm trying to get my patch (laughs) ghostly child-sized handprints have reportedly appeared on the foggy windows of cars in the area as well that's morbid (laughs) was it named boy scout lane before after they were killed i mean i'm assuming after you'd have to assume I, i i have to love like these so we get these little snippets of stories and you're like so we had we had one of two answers it was mm-hmm. either the bus driver or the troop leader <laughs> but they don't we tell still you don't how. know we still don't know we still don't know how <laughs> yeah so but one of these two did it and we never f- <laughs> like did they run the bus off the road we didn't want to follow up on it which we we saw dead kids hands on stuff and it was we were enough like, it was enough i'm out of here yep yeah fair enough fair enough god Ooh, a will of the wisp okay we don't. I don't hear about this too often. Will-o'-the-wisp light in Paulding. Uh, Paulding is technically in Michigan, but its proximity to the Wisconsin border means that the light is seen in both states. The Paulding light, also called Will-o'-the-wisp, 
based on its similarity to the folkloric will-o'-the-wisp, appears as a flickering light that moves in the darkness in unsettling ways. According to legend, the light belongs to a long-deceased railroad brakeman who died in a tragic accident in the area. He was apparently trying to prevent a head-on collision between two trains when he was hit by one of them. Sad way to go. I mean, if he saved a bunch of lives, then that's... That's great, yeah. but I mean, I guess just doing his his duty. Bummer. Yeah, it is a bummer. The Phantom of Ridgeway. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. It's hard to describe the Phantom of Ridgeway. Well, try. All right, try. Since he is supposedly a shape-shifting ghost who appears in many different, but always creepy forms. Or maybe it's just a bunch of different ghosts. Yeah. He's been seen as a pig, a dog, a man with a whip, and even a ball of fire. One thing that all encounters have in common is the fact that they took place on the same road, Ridgeway, in rural Dodgeville, Wisconsin. Some people claim that the local pranksters are responsible for keeping the legend alive. Others who have been privy to an unexplained encounter beg to differ. Narrow that shit down. (laughs) (laughs) A pig, a dog, a man with a whip, and a ball of fire? You could have literally just seen all of those things <laughs> out there. <laughs> I mean, maybe not the ball of fire. If somebody's messing around with like uh, they're, they're practicing their, <laughs> their like their carnival routine or whatever, <laughs> the guy with the whip also doing the play. You know, he, he's got to double up. And it's, it's just circus, circus on that's this road. It. That's it. They're training the animals. <laughs> training the pig. And he also has to be the you know the fire breather. That's oh. all there is to it. Oh man, we figured it out. Settled. So we got a bloody bridge on Highway 66. According to legend, the image of a ghostly bloody bride appears in the rearview mirrors of cars traveling over Bloody Bridge in the town of Stevens Point. You named it Bloody Bridge. The bridge, which connects two parts of Highway 66, became the scene of a crime in the 1960s when a bride was killed in a car accident en route to her wedding. Aww. Since then, she has been haunting, been seen haunting the bridge. One such encounter involved a police officer who found her lying at the side of the road. He went back to his car to radio for an ambulance, only to come back to nothing. She had vanished, 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 vanished into thin air. Ooh. We got a little little bit of actual, like, official reporting on that with the, with the policeman. Yeah. I'm sure there's no... Uh, did they say... He said he reported... He reported it? Well, he went to phone in for an ambulance, so I'm sure you have to... There has to be some sort of documentation of that, then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That'd be a fun one to track down. Yeah, I was going to say, I didn't say... This 1960s, it didn't really specify. What to mm-hmm. That's what these are kind of fun for, though, is they give you a little bit more yeah, fuel for... Yeah, it's, it's just vague enough. For full-time stories, yeah. Okay. Those were pretty creepy. That was Wisconsin. Wisconsin, Bloody Bridge, and Carnival Troop. We we poked fun, but that was a lot of fun, actually. Was, I'd say it was one of the more fun urban legend ones. Oh, yeah. That we've done. Yeah. I like that having a like a little quick list and plus a couple more uh, more specific mm-hmm. um, ones that we can kind of delve into. Yeah. No, that was a lot of fun. Wisconsin, hope we didn't poke too much fun at you, but you got some good stuff. Oh, I definitely want to come visit, too, so like, don't don't hold a grudge. We're not. I, I would see. I'm not a Packers fan, but I would see a game. I would yeah. see a game. So uh, before we, I guess the first on the agenda, the closing, closing housekeeping stuff. I kind of miss doing our intros, our little skits. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's been a little while. <laughs> it's been so long. Did you just forget? I forgot about them. 
Oh my god. How long has it been since we've done one? It's been a good minute. Um I since like March. Pretty much the pandemic. Yeah. Um but us, sorry. if you guys enjoyed that and you want us to keep doing that, um uh, please let us know. Give us some feedback. Because they were fun. We kinda wanna do them, but if it takes away from the show more than it, it adds to it, then we wanna yeah. know that too. Um so if you wanna let us know that, Jordan, where can they get a hold of us? Well, they can hit us up, at, well, me more specifically, up at Creepy Campfire Podcast uh, on Instagram. It's the handle on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can hit us up at creepy, creepy Campfire Podcast at gmail.com. Absolutely. Or you can call our new voicemail line, 916 359 9446. You can just let us know there. Yeah. yeah. We, got the, we got that little voicemail that you can leave. Mm-hmm. And you can. Uh, you can leave us whatever information, whatever preference you have as far as if you want to share something and mm-hmm. how you want us to share it potentially. Yeah. Or if you want us to talk about it at all, you could just be telling us. That's that's fine too. Tell us about how you feel about the show. Give us your stories. Fair warning though, it is a three minute limit on a single message. Now, so if it cuts you off, just keep calling back yeah. and keep leaving them. You're not bug- bugging us at all. Leave as many messages as you want. We appreciate you. We're here for them. Mm-hmm. And we will, We as long as you tell us we can, we would love to play those on the show. Even if it's just you saying, hey, you, you like it and you appreciate it. With the end goal being eventually one of these days, a full episode a full listener uh, contribution episode. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to at least... I would like to have, like, a segment every time Yeah, of that. I think that would be a lot of fun. Ideally. And then, yeah, we would have special ones where it's just the stories. Yeah. But I would definitely like to have it at least every episode, like a little couple minute of, of people who have called in. Yeah, like a so, little aside, a little section of the actual yeah. full podcast, yeah. So that does it for this one for a, a longer-than-normal urban legends episode thank you wisconsin for uh, for all of that because we got a lot more to come back to you for <laughs> definitely definitely coming back so until next time everybody stay, stay toasty, toasty.